we're gonna check the inbox and this time we got something that's not from google it doesn't <laughs> say security alert on the <laughs> <laughs> wow for a real person so yeah okay so this is from jordan oh jordan okay hi jordan hi jordan <laughs> so he says hi long time listener big fan of the show wow I thought I owed it to my wife to weigh in on the MLM show. Okay. To be clear, I hate MLMs. Great. It hits this gag reflex in my psychology that makes me want to release a wave of foul-smelling vomit with curdled milk chunks. Yep. So when my wife informed me that she was really strongly interested in selling Pure Romance products, I was dangerously conflicted. Interesting. I understand. He's, I get the conflict. You know what? He hasn't been on the show, but he is already the smartest person who's been on this show. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. So by a one, wide margin, uh, by wide, just based on how he's able to construct a sentence, <laughs> a sentence, <laughs> which is more than we can manage. Huh? Um, what? Go on. Okay. On the one hand, MLM at its finest with all the little gimmicks and meetings and associated double speak. On the other hand, my wife felt very strongly about it and it meant an exploration of sexual activities on a scale I had not hitherto dreamt of. What was I to do? Well, I think the answer is clear, but go we on. We know the answer to this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I asked for a clear description of the upfront financial commitment. We talked about how we would quantify losses and I chalked it up to an exciting bedroom experiment that gave my wife a chance to do something that wasn't cooking clean up after a bunch of boys. Cool. I wrote off the initial investment as a loss and figured that was that. <clears throat> to my astonishment, she paid back her initial kit within a month and all further expenses are incurred as she sells no holding inventory. Mm. So she has come out next to 8K up and is very excited about her work. Wow. From every appearance, she seems to be bucking the stats. I don't think her hourly is anything huge to brag about, but certainly has been a profitable alternative part-time job. Nice. She, do she doesn't feel like she has to deceive or sell people on something they don't want, and she isn't feeling like she has to coerce people into it. What do you think about this? I've got some thought. What do you think about this? Well, okay. I think, I mean, maybe I've, I've, I've spoken a lot about this, but I think <clears throat> from my perspective, if my wife wants to do it, then you know what? Like we'll have a, ch a chat about it and I will maybe discourage it if I think it's going to, I'll find out why she wants to do it. If she thinks she's going to make a bunch of money on it and she's trying to do this as like a career, then I'll yeah. say, why don't you go to nursing school or like yeah. go beg for money on the corner? Because that'll probably be more profitable, truthfully. Um, be careful <clears throat> which corner. But if, uh, if there's more to it than that, then, you know, it's worth an experiment probably, depending on the, on the cost of the initial investment. So I think from – so Jordan has always been like an Ubermensch to me. Yeah. Right, and I think he's probably been like an Ubermensch to you. Now he's literally your Ubermensch. Indeed, but uh, <laughs> um, he actually does what both of us said to do in our MLM episode. Yeah, and I think he's got like my critical brain and your people brain, and it's he's got it in one brain. He's just so smart. So he's actually people smart and. And like, yeah. what's my kind of smart? Negative smart? I don't know. Angry smart? Like, critical yeah. smart? Yeah, mean. <laughs> I'll mean criticize. Smart. I'll criticize the universe smart. <laughs> so, <clears throat> I think one thing I think that's unique about this particular MLM mm -hmm. is that it is such a taboo subject. Yes. That 
it's like either I go to a creepy sex shop and run into someone who listens to Clay Aiken. Yeah. Or I talk to this friend of mine who's professional and knows what she's talking about. Yeah, true. Well, right. and I think I think the other difference is there's no as far as I know, there's no monthly commitment. You're just selling somebody a like a bottle lube or a vibrator or something. Right. Yeah, you're you're it, selling a product. <clears throat> right. Think... You're not selling them like on a bottle of lube every month that comes also with uh <laughs> I don't know, with like a I... pack of vibrators that comes every month and it's five hundred dollars. I I think the other thing would be like what we talked about with MLMs was Usually their their cost to quality ratio is ridiculous. Right. But with this, how are you going to know? Because most people are too shy to, like, how many people do you know who are, uh, I know a good vibrator when I see one, right? Well, like, I mean, this is a tough nobody, call because. Nobody leads out with that, right? Well, that's true. But I mean, I don't know the answer to that because I just don't talk about sex toys with most people I and, know. Like that is why I think this MLM is successful is that because it is such a taboo subject, it's it's opening that door in a comfortable sure. way for people to talk about. And people who explore. don't know what they're doing but are curious yeah. now have a comfortable, friendly way to get into it rather than go talk to a rando at the sex, sex store. They're worried it's going to like grope them or, or who So I mean, <clears throat> I think that – I just think that Jordan's approach is the best of our both worlds. Yeah. I mean, combines – um, some just, they have a talk about, and they talk about the facts, but also he's not as big of a dickhead as what I presented, I think. Yeah. It's legit. Yeah. yeah. So Jordan, those are our thoughts. We'd love to have you on the podcast to talk more about. We would, we'd love to have our, our longtime listener, big fan to, to talk a little bit more about your, how did you phrase it? How did you say it? Say what? Exploration of sexual activities on a scale I had not hitherto dreamt of. Let's talk about that scale. We would like to know about the scale you had not hitherto dreamt of. Indeed. Let's talk about your <laughs> dreams and reality that is beyond those dreams. Okay. So we've got five emails from Tim. Wow. Timothy Wright. All right. Timothy. Well, thanks, buddy. So, it seems like Tim has a lot of time on his hands. I don't even know where to jump in because he's got so many. It's like, remember the last time we saw him, we said, Tim, I think you have undiagnosed ADHD. <laughs> and he was like, you're probably right. Is that a quarter? <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. That is pretty much like if you just look at the subject lines, next episode, exclamation mark, question mark, exclamation mark, question mark, MLMs, yep. no mention of Jake the Snake, topic suggestion, question. All of these sent within four days. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's some. Uh... I mean, here's one. Next episode. When's the next episode? Also, Princess Bride would be an awesome topic. Maybe you could wow. call the segment the Rewatchables. Yeah, that's great. Do you love Princess Bride? So much, dude. And it's funny. I had watched it last when I was like. 12 or 15 or something like that, 17, I don't know. And then I, I haven't watched it in like 10 or 15 years, and I recently watched it maybe in the last year, and yeah. I just couldn't believe how good it is. It's so good. And even now, it's like, it's uh, it's it's timeless. Like, it's perfect, man. It's a perfect movie. I think... Uh, okay, you're, are you going to disagree with me? No, cause oh. the thing is, it's just like most things that I... I like The Princess Bride. I hate listening to people talk about The Princess Bride. What is your problem? You just don't like joy. So, uh, 
it's just like, okay, it's a movie. It poor financial performance, subsequent cult following. I get that it's very, very clever and it's kind of, I like, it's almost self-aware. It's almost like yeah, it breaks the fourth, totally. fourth wall. I get what makes it good, but damn, I am tired of hearing people talk about how great this movie well, is. Well, then why did you ask me what I thought about it? Why did you ask me what I, like, this is what open dialogue is. Like, okay. Are you becoming a communist? I don't know. Maybe. Sounds like <laughs> it. But well, I think, yeah. I'm sorry but, you don't like hearing how good a movie it is, but it's really no, a freaking good movie. I know. I think, <laughs> no, I think it would be a good episode because we could. Yeah. People, Tim also told us in text that us bantering and bickering about the size of McMahon Stadium was the highlight. <laughs> That's how you know we're good at this. That's how, when like so, <laughs> the dumbest crap is the best part of an episode. It's just like the cowbell in SNL. Like they thought that skit was going to be retarded. They oh. didn't think it was going to be any good. And then it ended up being like the most, the, yeah. the series defining skit. <laughs> right. The right? one skit everyone has Everyone seen. knows. Yeah. If you're like, do you watch SNL? Oh yeah, the cowbell. Yeah, yeah. I know Bruce like, Dickinson. Yeah. Do you know Will Ferrell? Oh yeah, the cowbell. <laughs> I need more cowbell. <laughs> I got a fever. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's great. I, I would love a, a, a Princess Bride or just a rewatchables episode. Either of those sound amazing. I just listened to an interview with Carrie. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Elwes. El Els. Elwes. Elwes. Um, we'll just go with that one. Yeah, he because he, he recently or sometime in the last five or ten years wrote a book about all the behind the scenes stuff on the Princess Bride. Right. And and funny enough, it sounds like to him and the other cast members as well, it was just as magical making that movie as it was for us seeing it. Like the whole thing was amazing. He's got great stories about. Andre the Giant farting, right? <coughs> and uh, and um, oh, I don't remember what else now, but yeah, good stuff, very good. Anyways, I'm in. I like that idea. Great job, Tim. So what? here's here's Tim says no mention of Jake the Snake. I just listened to your WCW versus NWO, and there was no mention of Jake the Snake. Kids were crying in the stands when he whipped out his snake. <laughs> I just got that now. <laughs> I don't knowing Tim, he did not mean it that way. He probably didn't. He didn't. But but uh, okay, Tim, we talked about a guy. We talked about Hulk Hogan becoming a bad guy, the biggest move ever in wrestling, and we talked about Sting's numerous breaking out of random places yep. to attack people, which were probably the two biggest highlights in wrestling of all time. So if you didn't understand that, I don't think you're actually a wrestling fan. Well, maybe we should have Tim come on and talk about Jake the Snake. All I know about Jake the Snake is he trained in the Hart, uh, Hart Mansion, in okay. the dungeon. Yeah. And he became a born-again Christian, which like pretty much every cool. wrestler does. They get cool. addicted to drugs, uh, and they become a born-again Christian. That makes sense. That, apparently, that's the only way to break drug addiction in America. Absolutely. Is <laughs> Tried, tested, and true. True. Yeah. Wasn't what that old, he... the old Chevy phrase? Ford? Like a rock. That was Chevy, right? That was Ford. Ford was like a rock? No, yeah. Ford tough. What was tried, tested, and true? GM? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. It was trucks. Okay, what's next? Okay, here he's got topic suggestion. Oh. Hey, dads, you should perhaps consider doing an episode on the following movies of our youth. Goldeneye, Shawshank nice. Redemption. Oh. I don't know. Was that a movie of your youth? 
Shawshank? In my youthful in- innocence, I watched a guy almost get forced to perform fellatio on yeah on a skinhead gang and do tax returns for the warden. That really shaped me. And that spent that was how I spent the summer after grade six. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure about that one. Um, the Matrix, just the original. Oh yeah. The thing with Matrix, and I talked to you about this once, is that. If you watch it in reverse order, it makes a lot more sense, and it actually gets better. Well, of course it gets better, because the, the last one sucked, and the second one was meh. The first no, one I mean, was meh. No, I mean, like, the, the, the sequels get better if you watch them first. If you watch the third one before the second one, then the third and the second ones get better, because the okay. third one explains things that should have been explained in the second one to make the second one make sense. Okay, I gotcha. And so you understand what's going on in the second one and the motivations behind all the machines that are helping out. Interesting. A little bit better if you kind of look at... Anyway, I only did that because when my daughter was born, she'd wake up at four in the morning. And yeah. And I'd go downstairs and watch a movie. And I was like, I wonder what it'd be like if I watched The Matrix in reverse chronological order. So. Which is great that you did that because that would never cross my mind. Never, yeah. Well, that's what you incredible thoughts. Yeah, indeed. Incredible thoughts. <laughs> okay, and then he says the mummy. Oh, I love the mummy. Yeah, that was Brendan Fraser at his greatest. It really was. Yeah, that it was, was classic. Brendan Fraser. Yeah, great so, dude. Yes, Tim. We could talk about all these. We could talk about your uh, teenage fantasy to go to prison. <laughs> and why the Shawshank <laughs> Redemption movie was a movie of your youth. Um, Tim also goes on to say, I'd love to phone in. I'd love to be a phoning guest speaker in air quotes. If you ever did Shawshank, the others, I would just like to hear you banter about. Okay. I don't know why he's got such a, he's specific about Shawshank. Like there's something about the, you know, well, it sounds like it did shape his childhood. Is it Tim? It's Tim Robbins, right? Tim Robbins. Yeah. Something about Tim Robbins getting chased around the showers just as Tim's really calling to him. Yeah. Or did when he was a teenager. Yeah. That makes sense. So, All right, Tim. We'll talk Shawshank. We'll have you on. And then you can just sit on mute and listen to us talk about the other movies. Tim also talks about MLMs. Okay. He says, I have a confession. Elise and I buy an MLM product because we cannot find a good alternative. Oh. Have you heard of Thrive? Yeah. Uh, and the- now you're just it. throwing names around. I'll... I'll bleep, I'll definitely bleep that out. Okay, but I, fair I have enough. to say it so you know who we're talking about. I got you. I got you. Yeah, I yeah. almost prefer that I didn't know because no. then I think we had real listeners. <laughs> not that you're not real, Tim. Oh, okay, Jordan, you're the best. <laughs> you guys are real. Most, mostly Tim, though. Mostly uh, Tim. Five to one. <laughs> Five to one. Quite a lot, mostly Tim. Yeah. Uh, we buy the gluten-free flour because of Elise's celiac disease. Sure. Thanks for the overshare, Tim. It is by far <laughs> the best. <laughs> gf flour we have ever used interesting that's great because gf flour is actually terrible in every way (laughs) indeed every time we reorder it the expletive deleteds want to sell us a bunch of other crap that we don't want it drives me yeah yeah um a few months ago we were in utah and went to thrive headquarters elise and i were astounded at the crappy quality of their storefront and the service we got Moreover, they wanted us to buy from one of their vendors instead of getting it from their store. Sure. However, we wanted to buy like $500 worth, and then they changed their tune. Wow. We had to ask for a discount, though, because it was more expensive than buying it through the vendor. What the heck? (laughs) Well, MLM at its finest. Long story short, I also hate MLMs with a passion. So Thrive, 
Thrive makes me more angry, I think, than most MLMs. The okay. reason why is because members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints have been instructed to accumulate a food storage right. by their leaders, and this MLM plays off of their religious devotion mm. to sell them food storage. Like Thrive is a lot of dry dry stored yeah, goods. Yeah, it's all right? freeze-dried freeze food. A lot of freeze-dried stuff. And so they are playing off of people's religious devotion <laughs> to say, hey, you really should be uh, getting your food storage in order. I mean, is is but, that what like, the company's all about? Uh, what else could a freeze-dried... Like, they sell it in the exact same bins that the LDS church does in their big yeah, cans, right? Like, it is, it is the exact same can, exact same product with a different label. So, it makes me a little... I, that I, one I would hate more passionately than others. I got because you. Because it's, it's taking advantage of people's good intentions to follow their religious beliefs. Yeah, you might be onto something. Which is kind of like... I will say, though, I've had some of their stuff, and the, the quality is good. I don't know if you can get it other places. Maybe you can, yeah. but I don't know. Yeah, I would just say, I mean, just the, maybe the quality is good, but just the the fact that that is what you are, your target market yeah. is to go after people. Well, and it's an MLM. Why don't you just sell it in a store? A and store. Like, you know, or sell it on the internet. Well, like they do sell it people. at a store and they sell it for more. It's more money than, <laughs> more so, so expensive. stupid. Which, I mean, makes a lot of sense. When you're when you have good business practices, yeah, indeed. So, <clears throat> what else did? Oh, he had question. Hey, dads, did Andrew say stock options were one of the three worst things about capitalism? Yes, yeah. I guess it's short-term results instead of long-term success for a company. But don't you think there are worse things? I am taking a business ethics class right now, so I am definitely interested in your thoughts. I agree that MLMs are one of the worst. <laughs> so there he goes in two different emails talking about how much he hates MLMs. So the reason why I rant about stock options is that one, like Harvard has run the numbers on this. When they give stock options to top level management in a business, that business is like significantly more likely to break the law or break regulations. Really? So it's not just huh. that. Okay. It's not. It's not just that they are. You know, they they make sh riskier short-term decisions. It's that they they are significantly riskier sure. in short-term growth. And then the other side of stock options is that it can make um, it can make CEOs significantly profitable very 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 easily. Mm -hmm. So you can make a huge profit on stock options, and that's where you see people in the working class ranting and raving about executive compensation and the evils of the 1% and a big part of what they see in terms of compensation is stock options. So it's not just that they make crappy decisions for the business. They break crappy decisions that break the law and, and harm people. When you break the law, someone's getting harmed, right? Yeah. And, um, and that it becomes this, this kind of uh, a whipping boy for, for people who hate capitalism and want to, um, overregulate it and it gives them a voice. It's this, it's, it gives an opportunity for CEOs to become significantly rich by doing things that are not good for the company and not good for society. And so when you see someone getting significantly rich by doing things that are not good for anybody other than themselves, it's like, why are we following capitalism? Yeah because people are just getting rich by hurting people. And that's not the, the idea of capitalism isn't to 
get rich by hurting people. No, it's no. It's to let the people kind of decide what they want. So I would just let say the money speak. Exactly. Let the money speak. And then like it's about accumulating the free accumulation of capital and the freedom of money markets is the idea and Yeah. So stock options are kind of they've become antithetical to that. I think for top level management, I think for for people lower down the chain, you give them a stock option as a bonus. It's kind of an incentive for them to work harder. Sure, give them a but little loyalty. They're they're not in a position with stock. They're in a position to make a bunch of money if they work hard, but they're not in a position to make a radical decision that can be harmful for the business, harmful for society at large. They don't have the power to do that, to manipulate the stock price to become significantly Right. Like the they office. can just kind of stay at the company and do a good job, but they're not making any of those high-level decisions that are going exactly. to make those, so they, those kind of yeah, effects. They, there's a control in place to protect them from the profit motive running yeah. wild. Interesting. And, and kind of corrupting. So I'd say the reason why it's one of the biggest evils of capitalism is I would say it's one of the things that will undo capitalism in the long term. Interesting. And that's why it's... In, from a capitalist perspective, it is one of the worst things, I would say. Interesting. Yeah. I get you. I, I, I yeah. like it. I'm following. Yeah. So, I mean, like things with, yes, there is, there's problems in, in, with globalization and taking advantage of cheap labor and, and, uh, and ethic, getting ethical goods globally. There, there are significant issues with that and capitalism has a part to play in that. I know there have been people who have made clothing, but it's like it's sewn or assembled in Bangladesh or something like that. The people are in horrible conditions. And then the owner of the company, they find out, they're like, we had no idea working conditions were so bad. We're going to try and clean things up. And then they try and clean things up, but then it gets bad again. I know that is a problem. I know cocoa and chocolate is another problem. Mm -hmm. Sometimes kids are working as slaves to harvest cocoa beans. And there's been a lot about trying to get ethical and sustainable chocolate. Sure. Um, But I mean, in the long term, stock options are probably going to undo capitalism hmm. faster than that will because that is a problem that is not in our backyard. Yeah. Right? But when you see people complaining, saying, hey, inflation's gone up faster than minimum wage, I can't have a living wage, and this guy polluted in our lake, and he made a bunch of money off stock options, and he's not going to jail because because of corp- the corporation's liable, he's not. Like, right. That is, that will undo capitalism faster. Unfortunately, I mean, it's unfortunate that that is what we would get more angry about than than children harvesting cocoa right. beans. For but it's free. real because it actually affects us. It's in our backyard, in our day to day. Yeah, and so that would, yeah, that is a long answer to a short email. I get it though. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, I uh, I don't know enough about that stuff to concur, but I can say I do. It was a, <clears throat> Harvard studies stock options versus stock awards. So stock awards is they just give you shares in the company. Right. Whereas a stock option is you have the option to buy at a set price. And then if uh, the stock price increases, you can, then you can buy it at the option price and resell it at the, or you just sell the option for the, the difference. Sure. The, sure. And so you can make short-term decisions and just cash into your options. But if you're just given stock, you only make money, like you, you're whole, you want to hold on to the stock and and you're invested in the company now. You don't just have an right. option to buy the company. You're actually invested in the company right? and invested in the company. So they found that, that executive managers who are given stock options versus stock awards, the stock options, they make significantly riskier and less ethical decisions. So. Hmm. 
and that will undo capitalism in the long term. Very interesting. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, so. All right, Tim, how's that? There you go, Timmy. I know this is like two months later, but. Tim, write us and tell us what you think about that. That. Give us a witty witty rebuttal. Yeah. About the the benefits of stock options. Yeah, tell us why stock options good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Is that all our emails? That's all. That's all our emails. We got them all. We're on top of this, man. So we are good. And our listenership went up like an insane amount. Yeah, that's interesting. That's great. So. Hey, well, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, thank you for listening. If you like the podcast, hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and smash the like. Ding that little bell so you know when updates happen. 